It's definitely not a barn burner year for calf, yearling, and bred cow prices, but there's been a lot of money injected into the ranching business through coronavirus stimulus packages. There's some tax liability there. Also, estate planning in light of changes in Washington, D.C. Today, we talk year-end planning with my accountant. Well, welcome to the Working Ranch Podcast. I'm Justin Mills, your host and producer. I do want to thank you for joining us on this episode. By the way, the Working Ranch Podcast is an extension of the Working Ranch Magazine, branded number one by American ranchers, as we work together to provide you with news, information, and stories that's very relevant and we hope is very useful in your operation. Well, it's kind of been extremely dry and pretty mild here in Wyoming for the past couple of weeks. Kind of thankful for that. I was talking to an old timer the other day when I stopped by the co-op to fuel up and he said, you know, wintertime is the best time to have a drought. Of course, I kind of agree. We really do need moisture more in the spring and the summertime of the year. But I do know, folks, uh, east kind of the Mississippi, you've kind of had a little bit colder weather. Those in the south and southwestern part of the U.S., a little bit drier. Of course, nothing new there particularly, but it does look like some weather changes are coming. So stay with us through this episode. We're going to be checking in later on with meteorologist Don Day on what that's going to look like. By the way, if you do want to stay current with every episode that we put out here at the Working Ranch Podcast, be sure to click on the follow button. You're going to get notifications each time we send out a new episode. And by the way, if you do have questions and would like to get a hold of me, you can reach out to me by getting on my email at justin.workingranch at gmail.com or you can give me a call at 307-363-COWS. That's 307-363-COWS. Well, before we check in with the captain, Tim O'Byrne, for his two cents, if you follow Working Ranch Magazine on Facebook or Instagram, you might have seen this already. However, if not, first of all, I want to encourage you to go ahead and, and click follow on Facebook or Instagram to follow Working Ranch Magazine. But second of all, the captain has been giving us updates that's been coming from the Livestock Marketing Association on the latest regarding the hours of service exemption extended for livestock haulers. Now, with the COVID situation, the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration had extended those hours. I think they started that emergency declaration for this situation back in March. Now, they've continued through the year to keep extending those deadlines that allows for livestock trucks and livestock feed trucks and exemption on the hours of service regulations. That has been extended again, and the new deadline is now February 28th of 2021. Well, now let's go ahead and check in with the captain, Tim O'Byrne, for Tim's Two Cents. Hey, Justin. Hey, everybody out there in Working Ranch listener land. Hope you're having a good day. Justin, There's a. this is from CNN Business. There's a new commodity in town for investors to trade, water. Yeah, just like the Old West. Futures tied to the NASDAQ Vela's California Water Index, which measures the volume-weighted average price of water, began trading under the ticker NQH2O on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange this week. Now, Justin, water has never been traded this way before. Before the futures came along, the buying and selling of water rights, which allow the holder to pump water from the ground or reservoirs, only happened in the spot market. In dry years, when more water is required to grow crops and supply municipalities, it meant that buyers were facing high prices and a lot of uncertainty. 
The new futures are meant to bring an end to that and add price transparency to a previously opaque market. Those who need to buy extra water in a dry year, and I'll tell you, Justin, it's been dry around here. We are going on 232 consecutive days without rain in the southwest United States. So in a dry year, when prices are naturally higher, they can now bet on futures contracts to offset the higher prices they might have to pay in the water market down the line. At the same time, the new futures market could also invite speculation from financial players, including hedge funds. Interesting stuff. And I want you listeners to dig down into that a little bit. Give Justin a call or text him or whatever, email him. And uh, we'll kind of keep an eye on this because this is very, very important. Um, Water in the drought-affected West means everything. Catch us on Facebook Friday. Tim O'Byrne, it's my two cents. Well, thank you, Captain Tim O'Byrne, publisher, editor of the Working Ranch Magazine, always with a thought-provoking Tim's two cents. Water now trading on the commodities market. Well, I'll tell you what, that's not something that we had thought about in about 1876 when guys were trying to claim water rights on a water hole out in the middle of the desert someplace. But like the captain said, this is something we do need to be aware of. So if you do have any thoughts or ideas about this, don't uh, be afraid to give me a call, text, or email. You can do that at justin.org workingranch at gmail.com or at 307-363-COWS. Well, when 2020 started, I don't think any of us had an idea just what kind of a chaotic year this was going to be. And for those of us in the ranching industry, 2019 really wasn't a great year in terms of prices. And the forecasting by Cattle Facts showed 2020 really wasn't going to be vastly different. Then COVID hit and we saw commodity tradings market really took a hit along with our investment accounts. Then you add in a drier than average year and extreme drought for some throughout really much of the western half of the U.S. west of the Mississippi and Missouri River including some in Minnesota, Iowa, Illinois and Ohio. Of course, we can't forget the fires in the Rocky Mountain region and down into California, but all of this to say that 2020 is a year for the books. But with the issues dealt to many of us in the ranching industry came some relief assistance from the federal government, which in turn actually injected quite a bit of capital into each person's operation. Plus, you add in an election that is going to change some things in Washington. And for me, I knew it was important that we talk with an accountant about what I need to be considering and thinking about as I close out this year and plan for 2021. That is our topic for today. And when we come back, we will be joined by Den and Gamrod with the accounting firm Ide Bailey to give us some insight. Stay with us. Scours. Scours? Scours. Uh-huh. Last winter, the word from ranchers is that they dealt with high death loss of calves from cryptosporidium and coccidiosis. Not to mention that none of us like to treat those calves. But here's the good word. There have been significant reductions in that death loss due to scours from using Pharmatan. Pharmatan sweet chestnut tannin is nature's answer to scours. And it's very easy to feed. It can be added to loose mineral, mixed into tubs, into mineral blocks, fed in calf creep. But here's the deal. Crew, now pay attention. Your cows need to have Pharmatan in their system 90 days pre-calving, all right? Just head to PharmatanUSA.com or call anytime at 515-745-1639. That's 515-745-1639. Get rid of scours and improve gut health with Pharmatan. F-A-R-M-A-T-A-N-U-S-A.com. Scours? Nope, not this year. 
The Working Ranch Podcast is brought to you this week by great partners like CattleMax, the American Simmental Association and the IGS Feeder Profit Calculator, Pharmatan, Neogen, and of course, Working Ranch Magazine. The new January-February issue is headed to print as we speak. But don't forget to take a look at the current issue. How about the Buyer's Corral? That's located in the back part of each issue. And I'm going to guarantee that you will find something in that section that you didn't even know someone made and is going to work in your operation. Well, as I said in the lead up to this segment, we are approaching the end of 2020 and it's important to understand what the tax liabilities are for the COVID assistance programs like CFAP 1, CFAP 2, PPP loans, and even drought assistance for some. My guest today is Denon Gamrod with the accounting firm Ide Bailey. Ide Bailey has offices all over the western half of the United States. Now, Denon is based out of Billings, Montana. And Denon, I want to thank you for joining us today, but with all of this and money injected into each person's ranching operation, what do we need to be aware of regarding the tax liabilities of this money? Uh, yeah, so the government grants that you've kind of been talking about, and uh, we've kind of had questions on whether those are taxable or not, and the answer is yes, you know, the, those grants are taxable to you. And also, one other thing is the PPP loans, if any, anybody's applied for those, and is looking at getting those forgiven. Um, the, the forgiveness isn't taxable, but you kind of lose the deductions that you use to use those loan proceeds for. Um, so it, in the, essentially, they are become taxable. And you know, kind of when we've been doing our estate planning this year with farm and ranchers, uh, we have seen that their income has been higher this year just because of those grants and PPP loans. And, you know, they may or may not have known that the, you know, that, that was included in their income. And so, so it's kind of unusually high this year that, that we've had to do stuff about. So let's talk about deferring income because that is something that we do have the ability to do in the agriculture industry. Plus, then again, you add in the dynamics of some of the changes that's going to happen in Washington, D.C. So what are some of the, the things that we should consider regarding deferred income? Okay. Yep. So that's kind of the big question out there that we don't know an answer to is um, kind of the two Senate races in Georgia on, you know, what happens there. You know, if the two Democrats win those elections, um, then the Democrats would kind of have control. You know, that'd be 50-50, but they could kind of get control of the, the Senate, you know, and, th- and then they could have a little bit more power to, to make the changes that they're looking to make. Um, so we don't know that answer yet. Um um, but what we, what we do know now is, you know, kind of when, when people ask me if they should be still deferring income, because we always try to do that every year, um, you know, we probably still kind of stick with that, that idea of trying to defer income and prepay expenses with not knowing what's going to happen there. Um, what we do know is that probably the two options are for this year compared to next year, the, the tax rate next year are probably are either going to be the same as this year or they're going to be higher. They're not going to be lower. Um, so that might be a reason to, to not defer income and to not prepay expenses. And I would say this would probably be more steered at um, higher income type individuals. Um, you know, I don't, I don't wouldn't foresee, you know, tax rates going increasing for kind of lower income amounts. Um, but they also could do that. But it seems like they're more aimed at increasing those for higher income people. 
Um, so those be, would be the people that might not want to defer income and not prepay expenses and kind of pay the tax this year rather than defer it unless they can also or looking at it down near ne- next year and would be able to defer that income again. My guest today is Denon Gamrod with the accounting firm Ide Bailey. Stay with us because when we come back, we're going to be talking about another year-end planning topic, which is estate planning decisions and the exemption amount. Back after this. How would you like an easier way to organize and manage your ranch records? It's easy with CattleMax, the software for people who raise cattle. CattleMax brings all your ranch records together in one place. Manage your cattle data, including health treatments, breeding, and calving. Ranch records, such as equipment inventory and maintenance, income and expenses. It works for any size herd. See how easy it is to manage your ranch records. Start free now at CattleMax.com. Sound familiar, right? It should. Part of the commercials that you've been hearing for the past year from the IGS Feeder Profit Calculator. We've talked a lot about it, but have you tried it? So let's just talk plainly, candidly. No music, no ha-ha, funny sound bites. Just rancher to rancher. The Feeder Profit Calculator is free. There's no hidden costs. Now, they can't promise that because you use the IGS Feeder Profit Calculator this upcoming marketing season that your calves are going to blow the doors off the sale barn. They can't promise that. But, but here's what they can say, that if you get an extra dollar for those calves, does it make a difference? Well, 100 calves at 500 pounds and a dollar more this fall gives you an extra $500 to the paycheck, and it didn't cost you anything but a few hours worth of work. So you know what happens when you do nothing? Nothing. The IGS Feeder Profit Calculator. It's free. It's fast. Period. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Podcast. I'm Justin Mills. As today, we are talking business financials, which I know that's not necessarily everyone's favorite thing to talk about, but it's important as it could make a huge financial impact in your ranching business. My guest today is Denon Gamrod with Ide Bailey out of Billings, Montana. Ide Bailey, as we said earlier, offices pretty much located every state west of the Mississippi, clients all across the country, two I've used for several years, mainly because one of the industries they specialize in is the farm and ranching industry. But Denon, now let's head to a topic of estate planning because another big issue is the tax exemption amount. Years ago, it was a very big topic because the taxable amount was very low, much lower than the value of many operations. Now, the tax-exempt amount is $11.18 million per person, of course, double that for a couple. But the changes in Washington now, what do we need to be aware of that could potentially come down the pike with those changes? Okay. Um, this year, you know, with the state increases, you know, that there have been around $11.5 million, you know, per person, um, that that's excluded a lot of people from thinking that they need to, have to worry about estate planning, you know. And then now that there's talk that they could drop that down with you know the change in the presidency and you know elections that have, have been going on, that you know that they are looking at and they may or may not do that, but could drop the estate planning, you know, estate exemptions down to what they were before around five million dollars or something like that. So that kind of brings a lot of people back into the the conversation that they need to do some of state planning. Um, what we've kind of been seeing this year and maybe in the next year is, is people that are, you know, still need to do the state planning at the 11 and a half million, possibly doing that gifting before the end of the year 
with the possibility of them dropping that down to the five million dollars in order to kind of use up the eleven and a half million before that switch. And you know what we have seen before in you know past history is that they if you went over the five million dollars and used eleven and a half million now and they drop the the amount later in a subsequent year that they wouldn't kind of claw back that amount and tax you on that that extra gifting that you did before um so people so we wouldn't expect that they would do that but you know that they always you know they always mm -hmm. could do that but we don't expect that so people are kind of taking advantage of that before the end of the year or maybe in the next year before that that possibility of, of them changing the, that lifetime exemption amount so switching back now to handling this year's book, if someone is in a position to where they're going to be paying more in taxes than maybe they had anticipated, what type of expenditures could they make that would be good investments in their operation? Yeah, the, what we usually kind of talk about there when we're trying to get people to uh, prepay some of their expenses is really to look for expenses that, you, that you're going to pay for anyway, maybe in early 2021. You know, feed is kind of one that we, you know, that jumps out right at you. You know, stuff for that you kind of write repairs and things like that. Uh, you know, business needs that you're planning on paying for anyway. We would kind of move, have you move that into the this year, you know, to get that tax deduction this year rather than next. Um, what we try to have you avoid is to, just to buy things to save the taxes. Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't always make sense if you don't, you don't have a business purpose for it. Um, you know, just to spend money to save a percentage of it on taxes doesn't always make sense. It's always kind of looking for things that, that you need in your business or your, or your ranch um, that you're going to pay for anyway or, or need in the near future, just kind of moving that ahead um, before the end of the year. Well, before we wrap up our conversation with Denon, there might be someone that hasn't pulled together their books just yet. Maybe you've never done it, but what is one piece of advice that you'd offer them that you think could provide for a pretty positive impact in their ranching business? Um, probably the best thing that I can do, uh, advice as far as um, kind of bookkeeping and stuff, is, is to make sure you do year-end planning, especially in the years that you're expecting income. Um, because there's always, you know, ways that you can kind of save taxes if you can look at, at it um, before the end of the year. A lot of times when we have people come in and they just bring their stuff in when it's time to do their tax return, it's, um, there are certain things that, you know, we wish we'd have seen before mm -hmm. the end of the year so we could have had them do some things differently. And sometimes it's too late when we get the tax return to kind of get what we want to. And one thing we kind of on there is, you know, ranchers don't want to spend a whole lot of time on bookkeeping, but you know, they really need to, to make sure they have good books or, you know, get it to their accountants and have them mm -hmm. adjust it so that they can see it kind of as the year goes along. So they're not, so they have a kind of a picture of what, where they're at rather than waiting till after the end of the year is over, you know, and then doing it then. It's, it's always help, helps with, know how you're doing during the year to kind of help you make decisions rather than wait until the year's over. Well, I want to thank my guest, Denon Gamrod, with Ide Bailey. You can go to their website at idebailey.com to find an office near you, or feel free to give Denon a call at his office in Billings, Montana. That number is 406-896-2452. Or if you'd like, you can pass along any question to him through my email as well, or I can get you in contact with him by emailing me. 
Stay with us as coming up next will be our segment with meteorologist Don Day as we talk about weather and we're going to go through each region of the country and talk about what to be looking for in your long-term weather. Neogen. You know your cow herd better than anyone else. All of those countless hours spent planning your breeding rotation, the best bulls to use, which replacements to keep, should I even keep replacements? It sure didn't come easy. We understand that. Neogen. So let Igenity from Neogen take care of what's underneath the hide. Igenity plus Invigor, we've talked about it on the radio show, is an advanced accurate and economical DNA profile that reveals the genetic potential you need to build a stronger herd. Paired with the industry's first heterosis tool in vigor, increased hygienity plus in vigor scores can lead to greater fertility in your females and more profit at the rail. Here's what you need to do. Go to hygienitybeef.com to select with confidence today. Hygienitybeef.com. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Podcast. Justin Mills here with you again today for this. And uh, back with us is meteorologist Don Day. And Don, thanks for joining us here again today. And uh, I know I listen daily to your podcast, and we're going to be talking more long-term stuff here today. And it's been kind of a boring forecast for you for the last couple of weeks. But we know we're into negative oscillation, and we're going to see some change in weather patterns and maybe uh, expand a little bit on that. Yeah, you certainly are right about it being very quiet. I mean, a large part of the nation, the exception would be the Northeast United States, has had a very mild start to the month of December. Above average temperatures, not only in the lower 48 states, but it's been pretty mild all the way up into the central and western provinces of Canada. But we are seeing some things change for the rest of December. You mentioned negative oscillation. The Arctic oscillation is going into a negative phase, which means there's a lot of cold air building in the northern latitudes. And boy, we see some temperatures in the next, let's say, 10 days from now mm-hmm. that could be 40, 50 degrees below zero in portions of Siberia, portions of areas of Canada, northwest of Hudson Bay, maybe in the northwest Yukon. And when we see temperatures like that, You have to assume that some of that's going to pour south into the United States and across portions of central and southern Canada. And that's something we're going to be watching here for the last three weeks of December. So I know the latter or the eastern part of the United States really has had probably a little bit more weather than the western half of the United States. So let's kind of break this out by regions and let's start in the northeast part of the U.S. And as we anticipate looking into the end of the month and first part of January, what are we going to be seeing there? Well, those areas have gotten a little bit of winter here recently after some mild weather in November. Uh, the northern part of the east, northern New England, uh, the northeastern Great Lakes, they can expect to get into some of this cold weather. Now, as you get down into the, the mid-Atlantic, the areas south of, let's say, Washington, D.C., they're going to likely keep their milder weather pattern here for a little bit longer. Let's head to the southeast. What are we going to see there? They've had a little moisture as well, and maybe not in, in as dire of a drought situation as we look at the drought monitor compared to other parts of the U.S. Yeah, and you could thank the active tropical season for that. Very wet conditions along that Gulf Coast and southeast United States during the summer and early fall season. But one thing that will happen in the southeast is as the weather starts to turn more stormy in the west, That usually means high pressure in the southeast. So for the next week to 10 days or so, there won't be much going on down there. There'll be some shower activity, but nothing that's going to be heavy. 
Let's jump up to the Midwest because they're kind of caught in the middle between where we've seen some of the uh, the recent moisture of the in the in the east versus what's going to be coming down the pike from the west. So let's talk about the Midwest. Yeah, the Midwest, as you said, kind of the the middle ground between these changing weather patterns. And at least in the short term, uh, the mild December weather is going to carry on forward. Now that we do see the eastern Corn Belt getting into a little bit of rain and snow activity this weekend, we're going to start to see more systems come out of the west, which means the Midwest and the Corn Belt will start to see a more active weather pattern. But at least for another week or so, we don't see any severe cold either. Colder, yes, We'd call it December cold. Nothing that's going to be too bad. Now let's head to the southwest. It's a portion that's had some of it's had a little bit of the uh, the hurricane activity, the tropical activity. Some of it, though, when we're looking over into Arizona, New Mexico and up into uh, parts of Texas, dry. And we still see that we do. However, long term, we do short term. There's actually going to be a system this weekend. Coming up out of the southwest, it's a storm that's been spinning around California for the last couple of days, not producing any significant weather. However, it's going to pick up a little bit of moisture, and we will see some areas of rain and snow uh, spread across portions of Nevada, uh, Utah, New Mexico, southern and southwest areas of Colorado. Uh, So there's a little bit of precipitation coming our way, but longer term, they're still going to be missing Mm -hmm. out on the bigger stuff. Now let's head to the northwest. We're going to kind of group uh, the northern Rockies into that a bit, too, because from what I'm seeing you're showing is that we start to see some uh, some weather coming. Of course, we kind of started backwards in our weather when we started at the northeast and worked backwards here. But uh, as far as northwest, we're going to see start to see some some moisture into the higher elevations as well. We will. In fact, what we're going to see here in the next three weeks is that the Pacific Northwest and the Northern Rockies, so we're talking Washington, Oregon, let's include the far northern part of California, the central and Sierra Nevadas, Mm -hmm. and then Idaho, Wyoming, Montana, northern part of Utah, and then the northern half of Colorado, north of Interstate 70. Those higher mountain ranges are going to start to see later this week and into the the Christmas week, see frequent episodes of snow. This is a pattern that's going to really help the snowpack, which is suffering. This dry part Mm -hmm. to December has really put a dent in the snowpack, but that's going to turn around. So the higher elevations of those states I just mentioned, get ready for some snow uh, and some colder weather. All right, Don Day, meteorologist, joining us on our episode here today. Don, thanks for joining us. By the way, if you'd like to tune in to his daily podcast, go to dayweather.com, and you can get signed up for his daily podcast and uh, kind of stay in tune with what's going on on the weather across the U.S. That's a look at our weather. We're going to be back and conclude our program right after this. It's an uncertain world out there, but here's a simple reminder from the crew from the IGS Feeder Profit Calculator and the American Semental Association. Moving forward together. IGS. We collaborate. You profit. Look fear in the face and press on. Simi strong. Life is tough, but so are we. Sim genetics. Profit through science. Count your blessings. Another sunrise, a new start. Stand together. Stand strong. Semental. A thank you to our sponsors of this episode, the American Cemental Association and the IGS Feeder Profit Calculator, Cattle Max, Pharmatan, 
and Neogen. Also, I would like to extend a thank you to my guest today, Denon Gamrod with Ide Bailey, with information on year-end planning for our ranching businesses. Also, the Captain Tim O'Byrne for his two cents, and meteorologist Don Day. Finally, be sure to click follow on your podcast source so that you will be notified each and every time that we post a new episode please feel free to share it on your social media site as well. Now, if you do have questions, ideas for topics of the show, or would just like to get a hold of me, you can do it by calling or texting the studio here at 307-363-COWS. That's 307-363-COWS. Or you can shoot me an email at justin.workingranch at gmail.com. This has been a production of The Working Ranch Magazine, the publication that provides the most relevant and useful information for those of us in the ranching industry. This is the one you need. You can find out more about Working Ranch Magazine. Go to workingranchmag.com. At the top of the page, you can click subscribe to get started. Be sure to be watching for our next podcast coming in two weeks. Remember, we are closing in on Christmas. So whatever you do, do not jeopardize whether you're going to be on the naughty list or nice list. So be nice to your neighbor, even if it is your relative. And he reminds you of Cousin Eddie on the movie Christmas Vacation. Thanks again for joining us. I'm your host, Justin Mills. And until next time, keep your chin down and your mind in the middle. So long.